At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one, with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non toxic, non flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and tool reviews are going to keep coming. The next one I'm going to do here is um, the Baco, and it might even be out by the time you listen to this podcast, is a Baco 12-inch adjustable wrench, but the sliding portion comes off of the wrench can be flipped around and basically turns into a pipe wrench it can be used for small unions on like gas lines and stuff like that if you want to crack into a furnace whatever man it's it's i've looked at these and i've seen them hanging on the shelf for a very long time and i've never pulled the trigger on one of those so now i get to demo one for you guys and i think it's going to be pretty cool to check out so anyway guys check out the master group master.ca so you guys have been listening to the professionally done ads by Nice Job. Now I'm going to talk about it for one second. Now, if you want reviews from your your customers, I mean, they'll give you a review if if the people feel like going online and giving reviews. I'm not one of those people that will just do it automatically, right? Um, but Nice Job, what they do is they put the onus back to the customer by flipping them texts and in follow-up emails and stuff like that. And if you do five-star work, you'll get a five-star review. Basically, what you're going to do with that is build an online presence that's positive, and then you take that positive review, five-star review, hopefully, and you flip it and use it as a marketing asset to grow your business and show other people what you're up to, right? And and that will help you grow your, your customer base and help you keep your existing customer base. Okay, so that's what Nice Job is all about. That's what their platform does. And there's a lot of companies in North America or even the world that are using platforms like this in order to grow their business. So check out Nice Job. There is a link in the podcast summary. Go check it out. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. There wasn't an episode last week because I was on holiday. I was trying to de-stress. I was trying to just chill out. And while I was on holiday, I met somebody that listens to the podcast. It was <laughs> it was unbelievable. If you're listening, Dan, uh, it, was, it was awesome to meet you. I was at the, the pool with the kids, um, and he's like, hey, Gary. And I'm like, oh, man, what's up? And then he, <laughs> he said he listened to the podcast. It was crazy. Anyway, so we have a very cool episode, and we have a very cool product to talk about. If you guys are into heating, um, you will love this because... About a week and a half ago, I had a uh, I had a demonstration, about a forty-five minute demonstration online from Jim Foltz from White Rogers, and it was on the AllSpark Universal Ignition Module. And when I got back from holiday, the package, like the AllSpark module package, was waiting at my front door, and I ripped it open and I posted a picture online because I was pretty excited to have a look at it and, and see it in my hands. Now this thing. We're going to talk to, we're going to have this conversation, okay? You're going to learn more about this with Austin Sibulka from White Rogers Emerson. And we're going to have this deep dive conversation into what it is, how it works, what it cross-references, and all the ins and outs, and how it's got a very cool technology called NFC that, that we use to pair with the app. Um, 
to set it up which is unheard of uh, at this time when it comes to ignition modules or any parts that get installed into uh, a unit or a system. So coming up right now, guys, we have Austin Sabolka, White Rogers. We're going to talk about the AllSpark Universal Ignition Module. Pretty cool stuff, guys. Pay attention. This is the HVAC Not All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast, recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC, from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Austin, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Gary. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. And when I got home on Sunday from a holiday, I was on holiday last week and we were just kind of away. Uh, I had a package sitting at the front door and I opened it up and it was the AllSpark. And yeah. I was really excited when I opened it up. I'm like, man, this looks super cool because I did the presentation with Jim Fultz the week prior. And um, it was it was a lot of information to take in 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 45 minutes because it's such a, a, a diverse or sort of um, in-depth but simplified ignition module but there's there's a lot to know about it to, so I think that's why why you're here tonight we're going to talk about this um, as deep as we can with with keeping everything a little bit basic for everybody to, to understand yeah that's awesome <laughs> I'm glad you got it so um, I guess just in general, I mean, we've, we've packed a lot into the AllSpark. Um, just the name itself, I think, kind of stands out. So um, I think people kind of have, have been drawn to it, at least initially. Um, mm-hmm. So I think here at White Rogers, we're really excited uh, to see what happens with the product and, and hope that, um, you know, the customers that we're serving uh, enjoy it and it's useful for them. Um here at White Rogers, we're really, really excited to, to see what happens. So, um, hopefully, you've been able to 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 at least look into it and and use it and um, read up on it. So, um, I haven't used it yet. I, I'm planning on doing a little bit more with it, just playing around with it, and then finding a a good candidate, uh, a place to install. Um, but before we get into sort of the AllSpark and and what it is exactly and how it works. Maybe give yourself uh, a little bit of a rundown at, at what you do over at White Rogers slash sure. Emerson, what your position is and, and all that. Sure. So I uh, was hired on at Emerson uh, three years ago. So I've, I've worked at White Rogers for all three years. Um, we, we have a group here that really just specifically focuses on heating controls and HVAC. So um, I'm a mechanical engineer background. I was hired as an application engineer, and really, uh, our whole goal uh, here in this group is to just find new opportunities um, to really grow our business, both for White Rogers and Emerson. Um, so, um, we we have a group of it's growing. I think it started with just two or three guys um, and and girls, and and it has grown into I think six or seven. So. Um, my, my boss, David Vise, really led the group from the beginning, and it's really been his vision that's kind of propelled us here. Um, so I, I guess you could, you could call me the project manager of the AllSpark platform, uh, but we have several other product and project managers in our group um, that are working on adjacent projects as well. Um, and so 
really when you look at our group, um, one of the things we really focus on in our heating controls business, especially on the aftermarket side when you're talking about a replacement control, is to try and find a product that's going to differentiate itself. Mm -hmm. um, something that stands out. It's not a one for one. So we do do the direct replacement uh, products and we, we realize techs um, and contractors around are, um, you know, that's something that a lot of, of, of users will, will use and um, they're, they're relatively easy um, to install. And uh, we do recognize there is a market for that, but I think probably the most fun part of my job is we, we've really placed an emphasis on trying to do something different. Um, not just doing the one for one, but this whole universal replacement concept, uh, trying to create something that um, really no one else has um, and, and really stand us apart from anyone else. Um, and I think more than anything, when you look at our aftermarket controls business, that, that, probably stands out the most to me. So the AllSpark ignition module is is right along that, those lines. Um, so it has, and we can get into details, but it has a lot more features in it that really no one else has done. And I think that's the exciting part. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is a universal ignition control, right? So how many, this, this, is, this kind of was a, a key point, how many, ignition controls out there does it cross reference like it's a lot of them right right so it's it's over 800 and, and the list keeps wow. growing and so when we say 800 uh, that's part numbers so for example one control could have several different part numbers um but we've we've found over 800 part numbers that this ignition module can replace yeah that, that's that's a lot so what what are some of the 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 most common ones that a tech would see in the field that right. you think it would be a good fit for like right off the bat, just, just right off. Like, right. I'm not going to go all, all 800, but maybe the top three or <laughs> three or four, right? Yeah. yeah. We might be here until the next 4th of July. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. If I went all 800, but um, by far the, the one that stands out is the S eight, six one zero U it's, it's made by Honeywell now Residio. Um, so that is an intermittent pilot control. Um, Honeywell, I'm just going to reference them as Honeywell because that's how they market the product on the box. Um, they they uh, market this S8610U control as a universal intermittent pilot uh, replacement. Um, I think it replaces over 400 part numbers itself. So um, the AllSpark 50D50U843 from White Rogers uh, replaces that control in all 400 plus part numbers that it replaces. So that is the one that stands out to me. Um, I think most most techs that are definitely up north or, or working really on any heating uh, application are probably familiar with it. Um, so um, we, it, you know, if you if you go on any online major online wholesaler, it's like the number one one of the number one selling heating controls. So um, the Fenwall Direct Spark Ignition Series, uh, it's part numbers thirty five sixty and thirty five sixty one. So those are two different models or series, and there are a bunch of different models under that. Um, that's on the Direct Spark side. So that that's a pretty popular 
uh, series, and then the Honeywell slash Residio S87 series as well. That's another direct spark ignition series, um, pretty popular. So I would say those are probably the three off the top of my head. Um, in the aftermarket replacement group, it's the Honeywell S8610U, which is intermittent pilot. And then the Honeywell S87, which is direct spark. And then the Finwall 35-60 or 61, which is also direct spark. Okay. And I'm going to ask you about the difference for the for the, the folks that don't know. I'm going to sure. ask you in a minute the difference between direct spark and intermittent. Um, but the, the cross-referencing thing, there's an app to go on to check, uh, to cross-reference the AllSpark. Is, is, is that right or no? That's correct. So okay. I don't want to get people too confused. There is an app uh, for several different things that work with this product. Um, okay. For all of our products, you can download WR Mobile. Um, and that's a pretty easy way to look up cross-references of all of our products. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of was the, the, the WR Mobile. I just, the name wasn't hitting, hitting my head. Okay. So let's go back sure. to the direct, the direct spark um, versus intermittent pilot. What are the difference between the two? All right. That's a great question, Gary. So really the beauty of it is that fundamentally direct spark ignition and intermittent pilot ignition are almost the same. So they are both using the same source of ignition, which is spark ignition. It's very similar to a spark plug in your car. Really, it just requires a high voltage source and a piece of metal. So basically you energize an igniter through a high voltage source and you have a, a metal rod very close to that igniter and that metal rod is tied to ground. And so when you energize uh, the high voltage source, you uh, naturally will get a spark, an arc from the igniter to the ground and that's your spark. And so both intermittent pilot ignition and direct spark ignition are using this same source of ignition. It both requires a high voltage spark circuit. The main difference is that an intermittent pilot system requires a different type of gas valve than a direct spark ignition system. So on the intermittent pilot side, the ignition module first has to open the pilot valve. And then when the pilot valve opens combined with the spark it lights a pilot flame. And when the pilot flame is proven, the ignition module then opens the main valve. And the main valve runs gas over the pilot flame, and we have our ignition in the system. So on the direct spark ignition side, again, we have the same spark circuit, but all we have is the main valve. So basically, the ignition module sends a high voltage source to the spark igniter, the spark igniter sparks, and at this moment, the main gas valve opens, and we have ignition. So really, um, the main difference between the two is the type of gas valve. Again, intermittent pilot, there's there's two steps to the gas valve, um, and, and direct spark ignition only has one. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's less and less... I guess, intermittent um, pilots these days than there used to be. Most most of what I see these days is direct spark, right? Is that? That's right. So yeah. um, I think sometime in the 70s or 80s, um, there were some uh, government regulations that um, kind of forced a lot of manufacturers to move to the direct spark ignition system. 
Um, really, I think White Rogers back in those days was one of the pioneers of of leading that charge to the direct spark ignition system. And um, I think most, if not all, intermittent pilot ignition modules are are pretty much not being made today. However, when you look at the replacement market, we're not necess- necessarily focused with what's being made today, right? Um, we're really focused on what's in systems today. What are what are being replaced today? Um, and and we still feel there is a very large market uh, in the replacement market for both the intermittent pilot ignition module and the direct spark ignition mm-hmm. module. Yeah. Now this thing has a very cool feature, uh, feature that I've never seen on any any equipment before, any part. It, it has NFC. Um, so maybe we should explain to the audience what NFC is, and then we'll talk about how it works with the AllSpark. So I was just working on a reach in, pulled out the Tesla smart probes, cause I'm not going to stick the gauges with a hose on there and suck out a bunch of gas. Now, what I found was it was in a negative on the suction side. There's only one port on this thing, suction port, basically coming off the process tube off the compressor, which is the same as the suction. Now it was in a negative pressure, like negative two, shut it off, pressure came back to up about 30. Now there's no uh, temperature difference across the dryer. It's only got a cap tube in there. It's not like an orifice or a TX valve or anything. So it looks like it's short of gas. So I gotta come back and link check it if they want me to, because the thing was empty and I don't even know if they use it, but I got a call to look at it. So that's where the probes come in handy, critically charged machines where you're not gonna remove a bunch of gas in a hose. So if you work on them, smart probes is the way to go. Now, True Tech Tools, obviously sponsor of the podcast, 8% off your purchase with promo code KNOWITALL, um, anything in the store except for Fluke and FLIR. The other thing you can get at True Tech Tools and it's a Canadian-based company out in British Columbia here is a, um, is a CAM, Central Air Monitor from Haven IAQ. They're, they're making waves in the IAQ industry, indoor air quality with their um, Central Air Monitor that gets installed in the, the duct system um, of a central air system, central heating system, central cooling system, and basically measures humidity, temperature, it measures VOCs, and it measures PM 2.5, which is particulate matter down to 2.5 micrometers. And that's small enough to get into a, a, your bloodstream and cause um, health issues. That's why that is the target, or that is why that is the reference we're we're looking at when we're when we're monitoring the indoor air quality. So check out um, Haven IAQ 100% uh, for sure. Uh, the Danfoss Ref Tools app, guys, they've added, and I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. They've added the superheat tuner for refrigeration. It's not for AC, it's for for refrigeration. If you use it for AC, you're going to get all kinds of errors and stuff. It's mainly designed for like walk-in boxes and stuff like that. So if you're having problems with setting up superheat or you're not sure what it should be for a specific application, um, go to the RefTools app, okay? Slide down because there's a bunch of apps within that app. Slide down to the superheat tuner, use that, and you can pick your TX valve, you can pick... Um, the the box temperature and all that stuff and then it spits out what your superheat should be so check that out and navac guys um, recovery machines uh, vacuum pumps they are becoming the leader in this space because they're 
badass quality uh, stuff. I mean, my 12 CFM pump, I love it. Recovery machine, the NRDD, it's quick, it's fast. Um, my 12 CFM ran overnight a bunch of times and my battery vacuum pumps are still going strong. I've had them for two, three years now, still going strong, never an issue with them. Just keep that oil fresh and changed. Maybe not every single pull down, but keep changing it on a regular basis and you shouldn't have any issues and keep your batteries charged up too. So let's get back to Austin guys. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that is one of the, the largest or, or most differentiating value propositions of AllSpark is that it has the ability to connect to this new revolutionary uh, mobile application. And so how are we doing that? We're using uh, near-field communication. And so um, near-field communication is exactly what uh, we use or you use every day uh, if you use tap mobile tap to pay. So if you use your phone to make a mobile payment or if you use your credit card to make a wireless payment uh, by tapping it, it's, it's uh, most likely using an RFID tag um, which is the same exact technology we're using here. Um, so all, all you need for that is to have two antennas. You need an antenna on your mobile device or whatever device you're trying to connect to, and then you need an antenna on the actual module, whether that's the payment uh, module at the uh, local grocery store or the AllSpark ignition module. Um, so that's how we're able to create that uh, wireless connection between a mobile device and the ignition module is through near field communication. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the point of having near field communication and, and having it connect with your phone? What are we doing with, with that portion of it? Yeah. So um, when you look at the AllSpark ignition module, just, just going back to kind of the basics, when when we are focused on on designing in all of these cool new features and trying to create the most universal product out there, naturally, uh, one of the consequences is that configuration, setting up the module is going to take a little bit more effort. Um, and so here at White Rogers, we're constantly trying to find ways to make that easier because we do see value in a universal uh, replacement control. Uh, we do understand the, the pain points or the the uh, consequence to having to configure it or set it up um, but with this app with white rogers connect we think this is going to change um, all issues um, so we we have been testing the app for the last two or three months uh, we've used it in the furnace um, it, it turns configuration into a breeze um, so basically you you open the app um, you have to connect to the control by tapping your device onto the ignition module and then it brings up every single setting on your mobile device in front of you on one page and so instead of having to push through um, LEDs or try and toggle dip switches um, it's really just the tap of a few a few buttons on the app um, and then you you just uh, load the data back to the control so really in summary the white Rogers connect app is changing the way you configure and set up this module and so that's really just the first point to it but really it's it's making that configuration and that setup i would say five to ten times easier yeah it's that's it's very cool and i'm looking at a i guess it's a document pdf document 
it's showing uh, the 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 different screens, I guess. There's configuration, which you, you can see, and then there's diagnostic status sure. and about, and that's that's kind of cool. Diagnostics and status, and so basically, while so before we get to that, one thing that I learned about this, which I thought was super cool, is the the module does not need to be powered up in order for you to connect your phone and set it up. You can do this in the truck with the module in your hand without being powered to anything, right? That's correct. And so that's that's really one of the major benefits of NFC. Um, like, for example, your credit card has no power source, right? Um, yeah. When you scan a badge into kind of a security building, they're using an RFID tag. Um, that badge doesn't have a power source. So that's one of the, the, I mean, and you can look into NFC and, and try and understand how it works, but that's exactly the benefit of NFC is that the module does not need to be powered up. Um, you also do not need to have cell service or Wi-Fi. Um, so all of the data is locally, uh, held on the app. Um, and so you don't need to log in, you don't need to remember your password, um, and you definitely do not need power on the module. That 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 is super cool, and I, I can see a lot of techs really enjoying that, and and not having to get down on their knees or whatever in in the furnace and with their butt <laughs> up in the air and right. trying to to- toggle the ignition module and into the different settings. Um, very very cool. So like as far as diagnostics and status, what can we see? from the White Rogers Connect app as, as far as those things go? Yeah, the, these are two. And by the way, the White Rogers Connect app is only going to grow and, and improve. Um, but these are definitely two areas where we're, we're definitely, there's room for improvement. Um, you know, for diagnostics, first of all, you have to have the control pretty much installed in the unit already to really get any value out of that. Um, so the diagnostics tab will, will report any active fault code on the control and it will also report all the fault codes that are stored in the history of of the control so at white rogers we really have two kind of buckets of fault codes so we report the active fault codes but let's say uh you go in and fix that fault code and it's no longer active well then we'll store that fault that fault code in the history for up to 14 days um just to give you some some idea on what happened. Um, so our app will read those fault codes. And um, I think this is one of the pain points that we see in the field is that trying to diagnose fault codes is a hassle. So, um, you know, traditionally, and even on White Rogers controls, you have to read how many times an LED bulb will blink. And you have to correlate a fast blink, a slow blink, a, a medium blink, and you have to correspond that to a fault code table in the instruction sheet. Well, um, with the app, there's no more of that. So you basically just read what the, the error says. It, it'll tell you exactly the oh, pressure switch open error. Um, and it'll also give you some troubleshooting tips. So you can go into to the error and read more about it and try and figure out how to solve the issue. That's that's pretty cool. And for the, I think the old school techs, there, you, you can see this on the screen like the little LED screen on the uh, AllSpark 2, right? Yeah, if that's, you want to. That's, that's right. So that's that should be definitely um, stated up front is that this app is is kind of just icing on the cake. It's it's mm-hmm. not needed at all. Um, if you don't want to use the app, and we, we understand many people either A, may not carry their cell phone to work, 
or they may not want to use their cell phone. Uh, um, so yeah, you can do everything on board. Um, and actually, we, we've we've uh, we've improved our onboard configuration as well. So we now have three digit three digits um, on the LED display. So instead of having to try and read a single LED light bulb, we're going to give you an actual error code. Um, and this also gives you this this three digit setup also makes it a little bit easier to configure. Um, so it's a marginal improvement with the three digit seven segment LED display, um, mm -hmm. but it definitely is there and it can be used. It's it's 100 percent compatible um, whether you want to use the app or you want to use the seven segment display. Mm hmm. And I've noticed too, there's a barcode to on, on the module to download the app as well. If yep. if you need, if, if you don't want to search it and you just have your phone out. Um, okay. So what about installation of this thing? Now I know that the, the screw holes line up with some of the major brands is like, cause there's like four holes or whatever that you can use. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, really when you look at the Honeywell series, um, they, they follow pretty much a very similar mounting hole pattern as all of the controls that were that were made in the past. So um, that is one one thing that has stayed kind of consistent from all of these different controls is they all have either identical or very very similar mounting hole patterns. So uh, for example, the Honeywell matches up with the Fenwall as, as well. So um, we have matched our uh, control, the mounting holes of our control with both of those, both the Honeywell and the Fenwall. Um, so we're pretty confident that if, if we're matching our mounting holes with those, which are we consider two of the biggest players, uh, we should be good to go with um, most of the controls or part numbers out there. However, uh, you know we do recognize there's, there probably are some uh, Part numbers out there that do not have at least two mounting holes matched up and so at that point you may need to drill a hole um, but hopefully uh, I would say for you know the, the vast majority of part numbers that this controller places the mounting holes match up mm -hmm. okay so one, once it's mounted um, there's uh, there's a word here that in the spark output uh, Raja and right. spade, spade terminal basically so is if if i'm thinking right i've never heard this term before raja okay. but is that like almost like where it kind of it's a round plug that just pops into place is That's that exactly what the raja what is, is. Yeah. okay all right so that is actually the technical uh name that honeywell slash residio and fenwall give to that plug it's just okay. like a spark plug it's it's rounded, as you mentioned, and yeah, it just mm -hmm. snaps in. If if you look, uh, most uh, heating modules that are using this Raja plug in the field, um, it's a it's a thick orange wire that gets used to install into that Raja plug. It's it's kind of similar actually to a spark plug wire. Um, so this is actually a, again a very marginal improvement, but it's something that we've we've recognized. So. Um, Honeywell offers an, an adapter for theirs. So they, they have a spade spark output, but they don't have the Raja. So, um, and that is how our control was as well. So we used to provide a, an older intermittent pilot control and we gave just the spade spark output. And that was one of the 
I, I would say complaints with our product is that um, it didn't it didn't work with the Raja. And so now instead of uh, just having the spade, we have both spark outputs on the all spark ignition module. You don't need an adapter at all. Uh, they're both uh, mounted on the board and you can use either or. Um, you can't use both, but you can use either or um, to to supply that spark ignition. Gotcha. Okay. So what about the rest of the install, like the the, the wiring? Sure. Now, is it is it stake on connectors for all of the, the terminals or is it like a plug-in type thing that just pl- snaps into place? So um, we have a mix. So uh, the majority of the connections are through the plug-in connector. Okay. Um, and so the value of this is that uh, this, this is supplied with a harness. So the interface between the plug on the board and the wires coming from the uh, the application is via a Molex connector that has flying leads, so just wires coming off that Molex connector. And that Molex connector plugs into the AllSpark ignition module. So I'm um, just trying to take a, a step back here. I think one of the issues here is when you're replacing a control, you want to you want to pull one wire off of the old control and put it onto the new control. Well, there comes a dilemma here is that you don't know which control to to remove first. And and you're trying to balance two ignition modules in your hand and it becomes a little bit of a mess. Um, So instead, what you can do is keep the AllSpark ignition module in the box. Just pull out that uh, wiring harness that plugs into the AllSpark module. And that wiring harness has 11 different wires that, that feed um, from the, the unit wiring. So you can unplug each wire from the old control and just plug it into the, the respective flying lead wire on the, uh, the flying harness. So you, then you don't have to balance two different controls. And so when you make all your wiring connections complete, all you have to do is plug that Molex connector into the AllSpark ignition module and you're ready to go. Um, and so that's the majority of the connections is through that 11 pin flying lead wire harness. Um, there's a few other connections that are dedicated spade terminals. Um, so that, that is what I mean by a mix. For example, the spade spark output is a dedicated uh, spade terminal or that Raja output. So it is not uh, connected to that, that flying lead wire harness. Okay. Cool. Okay. So there's a, there's a few more things I want to talk about as far as um, an option on the control and during installation, if you were going to use it or not. So th- there's an alarm output, right? So that you could wire it into some sort of control system to say, hey, something happened. That's correct. So um, this is a, a feature that Honeywell's S87 series provides. Um, so they have an alarm output anytime, and ours does too. So anytime our control will go into a lockout condition. So this basically means the control has detected something either on the module itself or in the unit that requires a lockout. So that basically means the control interrupts all heating operation and pauses for a period of time. At this moment, the control will send 24 volts onto that alarm output spade terminal. And so you can wire that to anything you want that like an audible alarm or 
a visible alarm that'll tell you or the user that um, there's something wrong in the system. Perfect. That that could be a good feature for um, a lot of different applications, depending on um, where it's installed, right? And right. the other one, um, a couple more. Uh, there's a is there an induced draft blower connection on this thing to start it up? Yeah. So there is. Um, so on the direct spark ignition side, uh, there is uh, some applications that require the ignition module to control the uh, and turn on the inducer. So we give you a 120 volt input, um, and then that's labeled L1 on the module. And then we have an inducer output, which is labeled IND. And so basically, um, you also have to go into the module and configure, make sure that the inducer option is enabled to on. Um, and when that is enabled to on, the control will first energize the inducer uh, in the in the heat sequence. So basically we'll accept that 120 volts, it'll turn on a relay, and it'll send that 120 volts back out through the IND output. And that's where you, you tie to an inducer motor. Um, so we have that there, and then if you're the, the other connection there is the, the flame sensor. So we have a, a local um, or a remote flame sense option. So we have a remote flame sense spade terminal there if you want to uh, have a dedicated uh, a dedicated flame sense terminal. Or you could you could just do local, which is um, basically reading flame sense through the spark igniter. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that that was a, a something you could do with this. So basically, local would be if your flame sensor is part of your igniter it, right. itself. And then, um, what was the other word you Re- used for the other remote? R- remote. Okay, so that's if you have a dedicated flame sensor, right? And so, if you have a dedicated flame sensor separate from the igniter, you would plug that flame sensor into the sense terminal, which ah, is. Okay. Uh, pretty much adjacent to the L1 terminal. So um, we're giving you both options. That's another thing you will have to, again, configure in the settings to make sure you have to decide between local or remote. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's important, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so is, as far as boilers go, there's also an output for a um, like a flue damper, right, to open that's, up before yeah, that, we, that's we fire up? So this is uh this is again a um a feature that we see on a lot of intermittent pilot controls. Um, I think Honeywell kind of uh, led the lead here with a vent damper connector, and so uh, we have a, a it's a six pin Molex connector um, that accepts a vent damper um, uh, in the system. So if you need to install this module in a system that has a vent damper you can use that vent damper connector. Um, however, uh, once you plug that vent damper into the AllSpark ignition module and uh, send a call for heat to the module, it becomes a permanent control with a vent damper. So you will not be able to use that uh, in any other case. Um, so I would just suggest keeping that. Uh, we have a jumper plug installed on the on the ignition module uh, factory installed. So you'll get it out of the box with that jumper plug installed on the vent damper connector. You keep that there on the module if you do not have a vent damper in the system and just keep it installed at all times. Um, 
we don't expect that Vintamper to be used very often, if ever. Um, so uh, if you're not using a Vintamper, just keep that Vintamper connector installed and you shouldn't have any issues. Okay. Now the fact that when you plug it in and now it permanently becomes one, um, is that because you don't want the control to being taken from one application to the next type thing? Um, that That's a good question. So uh, it's really more or less a safety feature that Honeywell has designed into their controls. Um, so that that's always a somewhat of a, a question we have to ask is when you're designing a replacement control, um, do you have to, you know, use the same features that the replacement control that you're designing for has as well. And so um, really the main reason for that is, is to make sure that our control was compatible with the Honeywell model. And so that's what Honeywell does. Honeywell is, is forcing that um, on them. For us at White Rogers, we don't necessarily want to create that uh, division. Um, We want our control to be as flexible as possible for our customers, but we also have to keep in mind um, kind of the, the lay of the land. What is, what is the replacement uh, offering doing already. And, and so that is what the Honeywell control does. And so we decided to, to implement that feature as well on ours. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. And it clears uh, up sort of the questioning I had around it. So now the other thing that I, that it, that is a little bit different is the, the micro amp signal is um, that needs to be generated in order for the, the control to work is a little bit lower than normally you would see, right? Um, so yeah, the, the flame sense, um, you're, you're talking about the flame current reading. So traditionally yep. we read all the way down to less than a half microamp. And so, okay. um, our control is able to kind of create a more precise reading and continue operating. Um, some controls will shut down if they read anything lower than two microamps. Um, and so, um, really what, what we're trying to do here is not necessarily let your flame sensor run to the ground, but we do want to, uh, keep our gas heat operation going as, as long as possible and as safely as possible. So, uh, we will report a weak flame sense in that 0.5 to 0.6 to 0.7 range. And then anything below half a microamp on this control um, our, our gas heat operation will, uh, shut off and it will report, um, no flame. Gotcha. Okay. And there's also a cool way to read that. So you don't have to break the wire and put your meter in series with it, right? Yeah. So the, the, we have, um, flame sense test pins on our, um, on our module that allows you to easily hook up uh, a meter to it and, and read the flame current. So um, that I think is a, a pretty good feature that uh, we've uh, included and we try and make that as easy as possible. And so um, I think that's something that, that helps out techs in the field. And so um, we've included that, I think, on most of our products, our, our, la- our latest released products. Cool. So... I mean, we've covered quite a lot here. We've gone through sort of the, what it is, uh, how it works, the features, install, 
is there and and the NFC, which is which is very cool, which is very cool, and and I mean, this is like an industry first for 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 this. So it's 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 very awesome that you guys thought of this, and this is the way we're setting it up. <laughs> I mean, it's right. so convenient to sit in a warm van and and set it up, especially for the commercial guys, like that has to set it up on a roof once it's powered up. This is going to be awesome for that. Um, is there anything else that that we didn't cover that you would like to throw in? Yeah, I mean, we kind of we talked kind of talked about it in the beginning, um, but really the the two biggest, the, really the largest value proposition. You could you could ignore the app, okay? Let's just say the app isn't even there, and you look at this control, and it it is really the first control in its space. And so when I talk about its space, I'm talking about um, aftermarket replacement controls for really residential and some commercial HVAC. But we're talking about like the Honeywell S8610U control and then the Finwall DirectSpark Ignition 35-16-61 series. When you talk about that space, um, this AllSpark Ignition module is the first one to really replace either intermittent pilot or DirectSpark. So it's usually either or, right? But mm-hmm. AllSpark is doing both. And so that in itself alone is a very valuable um, benefit to the product. And so when you when you add the app on top of that and you allow uh, the ability to connect and, and configure and diagnose and, and access quick links like the instruction sheet and all these different uh, features, all from the, you know, the touch of your mobile device, I think it really just brings the, the module to a new level. So, um, you know, and then the last thing is I think I'm not sure um, exactly who who the the audience here is but the big thing here is is this ignition module is much more than just a furnace module and i i think uh when you go into like you said the boilers or the infrared heaters that are being installed on uh, outdoor patio equipment or the infrared heaters that are being installed in warehouses all of these uh heaters are using or most of them are using a spark ignition module like the all spark so um you know it's just something to keep in mind um, that I think this uh, this this space is probably a little bit larger than than a lot of people realize. So yeah, we're excited. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot to learn here. Like I said, the app will will continue to improve, um, and and we're we're welcome with all feedback, positive or negative. Um, so I think that's well, about all I have. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to try it out. And I only had one last question and it's kind of, it's not really a technical one at all, but did the movie Transformers give any sort of um, influence to the name? <laughs> the <laughs> That's, funny. That's funny. So I have to give a shout out to my, my manager, David Vi. So really he's, he's been kind of the brains behind this entire project. And so yes, to answer your question is yes. So he, he kind of came up with the name and it just so happened to fit with the spark ignition. So I think we've really ran with that name and I think it's, it's been pretty catchy. So I think it's a good um, name. I, I really do think it is. Yeah. Especially <laughs> well, because you said it, it does, it does intermittent and direct spark. So it's, right. it's, it's all, all sparks. <laughs> yeah. It, it worked out perfectly. So I think he should get a, a, a gold, a gold coin for that that one so give give him all the credit <laughs> awesome all right well austin thank you so much for your time tonight man i am i'm super excited to try this out in the field and to get some feedback from other techs and uh i can't wait to play with the one i've got some more i've still yet to um 
since I've been back from holiday, it's been super busy, but it's, I've still yet to put my phone to it just to see what happens. And, but I'm ex- so excited to, to, to see <laughs> how my phone lights up one, once that thing is, is close to it. Yeah. So I guess one last point there, um, before you use the app, it might be helpful to tap on the tutorial video uh, okay. button on the homepage of the app because NFC is a little bit sensitive. So it does require you to put your phone basically in a certain location on the, uh, on the ignition module. So if you tap on that watch app tutorial button, it should, we have two different videos and it, it walks you through exactly how to connect to the app. So just one, one caveat there, but hopefully it's pretty seamless for you. Very cool. All right. Well, you have a great night, Austin. I really appreciate your time tonight, man. All right, Gary. Thank you very much for your time as well. So with anything new, anything new, the best way to learn it, the best way to grasp it, it and how it works is to get your hands on it and test it, thoroughly test it, right? That's how we prove something's worth and how something works is thorough testing. And White Rogers has already done this on their end. Now we're going to do it on our end out in the field. And any feedback, positive or negative, that's constructive, I'm sure they would accept from you guys. But it looks like a very cool product. And I got to thank you, Austin, for jumping onto the podcast. And I mean, I'm not looking forward to heated season because I don't like the cold, but it's going to be cool to run this all spark in, in some machines and test it out. But that's it, guys. I'm out. Thank you to the master group. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.